Welcome to Choices, the podcast that allows you to simply be. I'm Vidya Bella and my job is to help you think about things a little bit differently to help you cope with those challenges in life that may be affecting your happiness or performance and hopefully provide you with some clarity in your decision making. This episode will focus on whether people show enough authenticity in their life or whether they only show people what they want them to see, almost creating an illusion around something that may or may not be true. Is there a way that people can combine the two personas to come across as genuine as possible whilst also protecting the vulnerability they may feel? Do you show up authentically in your life? What do I mean by that? Well, does the real you show up to all aspects of your life? Or do you find yourself almost creating an illusion, presenting yourself as one thing when actually you're quite another? Or is there a medium that we kind of have to strike? For me, it's a really interesting one to look at this week. And and hopefully for you all, it's really interesting to listen to. I'll share with you on a personal level, I have spent so much of my time wearing these different masks in different aspects of my life. And, you know, when I reflect, it it isn't a wonder that I was feeling depressed. I was feeling anxious and really stressed out. And for me, the moment I decided to stop doing that, you know, I made peace with all the stuff that propelled that need to do that in the first place. And, and that's the day that I got better. I stopped wearing all these masks. I stopped trying to be a whole load of everything to everybody. And instead, I just showed up to my life as myself. No illusions, no trickery, no pretense. The illusion I was even creating for myself, I just dropped And when I think of some of my clients, how they show up in their work can be very different to how they actually are, like really are. So, for example, someone, you know, may be considered by friends and family to be this talkative, jovial individual who's always got lots to say and lots to contribute. But, you know, in the work scene, they might be considered really quiet They may have amazing ideas to contribute, but because they're considered quiet, they just don't get heard. But the real them may really be itching to share their ideas because it might have some real traction in the workplace and and make a significant difference. But for some reason, they've already decided that, you know, their ideas are not good enough and their boss won't like what they have to say. And, you know, we could delve a little deeper and it will be along the lines of, you know, once upon a time, they were sharing an idea when they were six or seven years old and they thought it was amazing. But the teacher made, a you know, an example of it as how not to do it. And that person then decided that, Never again, never again would they put themselves in that situation. And they'd they'd only share when they felt safe. So when they were amongst their close friends and their close family. So therein is that conflict that's already created because they were different in different situations. And it's not helpful because they're creative, got great ideas, 
but will be passed up probably for possible promotions or opportunities because they're reticent, reticent about showing up fully expressed in their work role. And they know, this is the sad of it, they know they have a tendency to do this, but they just can't pinpoint why. So sometimes I think being vulnerable is the other side of the coin to authenticity. Being prepared to be vulnerable, putting yourself in those uncomfortable, what feel like uncomfortable situations, sometimes means that we embrace our authenticity. It was really interesting, actually, because this week I've I had a conversation with a client who probably will hear this at some point. It was expressing, you know, some apprehension around how she was feeling in advance of our session. And I asked her, you know, why, why do you feel that way? And she shared that, you know, it's that opening up and being vulnerable and finding out more things about myself that I find a little bit, oh. And yet it was a beautiful moment in our session because in that conversation, you know, I, I said, you know, this change just not like that. Think of this experience merely as taking that heavy armour that you have built for yourself to wear and to walk around with all day, every day. You're taking that off bit by bit. And you really wouldn't have come to me if you weren't exhausted wearing it all the time. And I said, you know, I shared, you know, with me, as you've already seen in these last few weeks, you've already put your sword down, you put your shield down and, you know, you're not opening yourself up. You're just getting to the heart of you before life affected you. Before you built this, this defense. And that's what I'd say to anyone, you know, get to the heart of you. Allow yourself to just be in your true essence. And certainly, you know, in my own work, I find it's really important that I myself am authentic. And it's, a, it's yeah, that word authentic, it's a bit, a bit buzzy in the coaching and, you know, transformational world. But it's so important because it would be so easy, you know, as I sit here for people to think, you know, God, she has the answers for everything. And, you know, I, I would never experience off days. But in fact, I do. And, and I am so at peace. I can share them with people quite openly because it's so important to me that I don't slip into a life where I pretend to have it all sorted. You see, because then I'm, I'm doing that whole thing again, aren't I, where I'm juggling masks again. What I want the world to see me as and what I want the world not to see me as. And then I'm creating those problems again for myself. And in fact, just the other day on my Vivid Outcomes Instagram feed, I shared just that, that I was having a poop of a day. And, and I mean that. <laughs> and, and it felt good to be real with that. Because we can all relate and I, I think that makes us accessible in all our humanness. An illusion can be such a fascination because in, in fact all of us at some point create illusions. Perhaps some of us 
you know, use what's called magical thinking regularly in the belief that, you know, if we do X, then, you know, Y will happen. Common examples are are believing superstitions. So if you break a mirror, you know, you get seven years bad luck. There's absolutely no relationship between the two things, but somehow we put them together and then they can just form these beliefs that we stick with. Last week, in fact, I was talking about negative self-talk on all my social media channels and how we talk to ourselves internally. And I, I talked of mind reading as a thing that we might do quite often. And we're not really, it's not in our conscious awareness that we're doing it, but we do do it. So an example, you know, where would be where we make something mean something when there's absolutely no proof. For example, you see a friend in the distance and they turn off and walk down another road. And you think that it means that they're avoiding you. And from, from that, you say to yourself that they're not talking to you. Actually, they've probably been daydreaming to themselves. They may, may have looked at your direction, appearing to see you, but genuinely not seen you at all. But you will convince yourself otherwise. So we are always spinning some sort of illusions to ourselves. And, and I think authenticity is about just getting real with you, the real you. So on this one, I thought it'd be great to talk to a real expert who's continually placed in that intentional space of illusion in his magic circles, but equally has to balance that with the reality of everyday life. Darren Mack is a former British magical champion and Ken Dodd comedy award winner. He amazes corporate clients and families with previous clients including Hilton, HSBC and Leeds United Football Club. Prince Charles said he was amazing at a recent performance at Buckingham Palace and his show combines incredible magic with lots of laughs to create wonder for his audience. So Darren... You must constantly find yourself in a world of illusion and reality. So how do you cope with that and adjust it? Illusion and reality are something that I really try and think about every day. I see myself as a person who it's my job to give people magic moments and 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 moments of amazement and that happens not in my hands when i'm doing a, a trick or an illusion or an effect but but in the heads and the minds of the of the people that i am performing for and so the difference is quite obvious to me because i'm doing something that i've perhaps read in a book or watched in a dvd or learned a number of years ago something that's um very practical in my mind but seems impossible in the mind of the person that's watching and so what's quite real and very tangible in my my hands becomes something that is hopefully amazing in the uh, in the minds of the person that's watching Wow, I'm already drawn in. So are there techniques that, as you've alluded to, you you kind of use to entice your audience into believing what you want them to believe? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And and that is the job of a, of a magician, really. And we use various different techniques, physical techniques, uh, linguistic techniques. So, for example, um, uh, an obvious one that perhaps people have heard of is is misdirection. Um, often magicians will will speak about misdirection. 
often they'll speak about misdirecting people whilst misdirecting people into into something else as well and that's you know making people look where we would like them to look or not look where we would like them to look while we'll do um sneaky things that'll that'll help aid the trick there's linguistic techniques that we use as well very basic levels of of nlp or, or reframing where we'll perhaps do something and then we will recap what we've done before we get to the end of the trick in the hope that people remember what we said we did and not what we uh, what we actually did um, so there's loads of different stuff that um that we'll try and do as as magicians and like i said before my aim is really just to make that moment of magic as strong as possible in the minds of the people that are watching both right then and two three weeks six months down the line when they're perhaps recalling that story to their to their family and friends as well yeah and and just listening to you i personally there's so so many similarities actually in a strange way between what you were doing and what i do in my work you know for me it's getting someone to believe in themselves and to you know see things they don't necessarily see often when i do a trick or a, a performance where i'll have a routine about reading somebody's mind people will often jump and say you're not going to hypnotize me are you or, or <laughs> words to that words to that effect and they, they, they kind of close off and then you know we just do a few things and tell them what it's going to be about and usually give them you know an amazing moment I, I love magic and but mind reading as as we call it is you know it's a different it's a different experience altogether because now it's not happening in my hands at all it's not a mm. rubik's cube solving or a you know it, it's taking a thought from somebody's somebody's mind and those moments are really strong in in the shows that i do brilliant i need to come along to one of your shows darren i really do it sounds amazing so clearly what you do is fantastic and people are clearly fascinated by the magic that you perform do you often wish you know that you could just share some of your workings with the audience and kind of show them how that's done how the trick is done absolutely in fact i was having a conversation about this uh, last night with another magician and we both immediately said that we would absolutely love to show people how stuff is mm. done much more than than we often do but we both said it for quite different reasons actually for me i've been doing magic since i was five years old so 27 years now so it's all that i've ever really known i'm a magic geek i love books dvds more recently streaming things I, I love consuming magic and magic methods and stuff and for me part of the fascination is how those magic methods come across and and what they create you know to, to the to the spectators sometimes those methods are so ingenious that they are as good as if not better than than the trick themselves and my uh, magic geek in me is absolutely itching to say you think that's good look how it look how it works um there's a couple of reasons why why uh, I I wouldn't do that. Although if if uh, if someone comes up to me at a, a gig, certainly a young person, um, mm. you know, a, a kid, and says, "Can you can you teach me a trick or can you show me something that I can show my friends?" Mm. I will absolutely take the time to show them a card trick or something that they could go and amaze their family and friends with. Because you know, we all start somewhere. I started um, with a with a magic set, and uh, you know, and uh, you all start with an experience of seeing some magic somewhere. And mm. um, so I would do that. But the reasons I don't is because 
because, um, well, firstly, on a, a practical reason, it's um, it's against the rules of the magic circle, which mm. um, <laughs> it's a bit of a, a bit of a myth. Some people think the magic circle is a bit of a myth, but it actually exists. And and you know, one of the main rules is to is to not share magic secrets, you know, without the person that you're sharing them with, you know, showing intent that they want to learn magic and and various other criteria. But also, it just spoils the gift a little bit, you know. Yeah. As I've said to you earlier on, I'm I'm quite a straight down the line magician. I I, I don't so much worry about what my beliefs of magic are i just worry that i'm making sure that the person who's watching is having a great time and enjoying enjoying themselves uh, they're having a laugh they're having fun hopefully that they're amazed as well and if you show them something that hopefully amazes them and then right immediately afterwards tell them how it works it, it kind of pulls the rug from under the feet really it's 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 kind of giving it a bit of an indian giver you give them a gift and then and then you you take it back mm. because you want them to enjoy that experience after the fact as well. You want them to to worry about, to not not worry, so to say. Uh, you want them to enjoy that experience after the fact because you want them to go away and think, how on earth did he do that? Yeah, yeah. The similarities are so... I just hear them because even, even in the work that I do, I don't want to go into the ins and outs of how I'm working with my client. You know, they, they feel amazed by their insights, their own insights, and you don't ever want to spoil that with the technicals of... It it diminishes what you're the gift that you're giving. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I think I think the similarity to to me from what we do is that both of our line of work is about about them, whoever they are, the the spectator, the participant. It's about doing what you think is the best so that they have the best experience and that in kind of a boots on the ground fashion with me that translates to having perhaps 20 or 30 different magic effects in my pockets or in my bag or in my case at any one time Mm. and selecting the two or three effects that I think will have the most impact on the group that I'm that I'm performing for and you use your experience built up from you know over 25 years of performing to to read the group and the room and and decide which effects are best for for the people that you're performing for you put that so much better than I did no I I I, absolutely not I just I just really think a lot of a lot of industries and and many industries outside of what what we both do it's about making that person feel the best they can Mm. for the time that you the time that you're with them i'll often go to a table and um do maybe eight minutes seven or eight minutes at that table perhaps and it might be one trick Uh, and the first three four five minutes i'll just chat we'll just have a have a laugh with the people jokes rapport anything that if and if if the group is is interacting between themselves and i'm just helping that along you know i'll go and do seven or eight minutes at a table I might only do one trick in that time as long as they're having fun and I'm helping them having fun then that's great Mm. and if whatever we were talking about drops out and there's time to add one trick or two tricks in then then so be it it's very fluid what I do based on um, how I think I can make people in the audience have the best time possible so Darren you told us that you started magic when you were five years old I mean how did you get into it so uh, yeah we all start with it with a magic set I remember I was presented with a Paul Daniels magic set mm-hmm. with that you know plastic black hat and the, the fluffy rabbit and uh, but I never I never went forth with it so tell me a little bit about your own journey so I started when I was five years old uh, with a sooty magic set um oh sooty oh yes. yeah yeah <laughs> In- interestingly 
I had always been gutted that the set that I started with, I didn't have any more and neither me nor my parents really knew where it went. Although I used it so much that perhaps it just, as kids toys sometimes Mm. do, it just got distributed around different parts of the house uh, and stuff. And uh, my dad for Christmas this year presented me with the exact same set that he'd found on eBay. Oh, Um, wow sealed uh not not opened but but as soon as i opened it and i saw it it brought back such memories because obviously magic's been been so good to me over the last nearly 28 years now (laughs) it um it just just spiraled in 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 a way that as you said it often doesn't for most children i think most children love magic both what it and the idea of being able to learn something that would fool the friends but probably more so adults grandparents mm. aunties uncles guardians any, anyone who where where they are supposedly having more knowledge than the child but the child can do something that would for that moment be outside of the knowledge of the of the um of the parent um or the, or the grown-up shall we say so everyone gives it a go, I think, as as a, as a child. Um, for me, a couple of things added to that and started me on the path, which has obviously become a career. First of all, my dad had an interest in magic. Um, never never performed. My dad was in the navy when he was when he was young, and he used to have a couple of magic books, and he would learn a couple of tricks and then show the lads on the on the ships and and things. That's that's where his mm. he, his magical performing career started and ended really but he always had that knowledge and so when you get a magic set it'll be like 101 magic tricks but mm. someone has got to get those magic tricks out of the set work out roughly what to do with them and then pass that knowledge on to the mm. child especially if the five like like I was if you come to it a bit later then perhaps things will be different so I have my dad to thank probably for for setting me off on this path and then um then the second thing is I've always performed as well. I've always performed magic um, and almost almost cynically, I've always performed magic for, for money as well. And I say that because when I was five, my first show was in a Salvation Army, a daycare centre, and I did a, a show and I got five pounds, a water pistol and a bag of pink shrimp sweets. Um, and I always always remember that was my first fee. Um, <laughs> Amazing. And, yeah. And, and the reason, you know, and... I, I, I always talk about this and I hate anybody to think that I, I do this career for the money because I absolutely don't. But all the way through, I've had that feedback loop of learning a magic trick, doing a show and getting something back from it that I could then go and buy more magic with. Mm. And obviously from five to 18, 19, before I started even considering it as a profession, it was always just, if I did, if I did, a, and it was charity events, um, you know, local sports teams, um, variety nights, in a, in a look, all all those kind of stuff. I've I've literally done every type of event possible, you know, right up to performing for Prince Charles at Buckingham Palace a couple of years ago. I've 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 done everything, you know. I've I've been on the ground and and done it, but being able to continue to um, invest in in it not just in monetary terms but also in you know having more shows to do that's what's always kept me kept me going uh, whereas a lot of people perhaps cast the magic set aside and pick up the xbox controller or or whatever whatever it is for for children nowadays so tell me a little bit because i got i got stuck there when you were talking about yeah performing to prince charles so how was it performing at buckingham palace how was that (laughs) 
it was absolutely amazing. So the Prince's Trust had a 40th um, birthday celebration, uh, I think about three years ago now, perhaps even perhaps even four years ago, because you lose track of time, don't you? Especially in current, uh, <laughs> in current climate. Um, so I've been a, an ambassador for the Prince's Trust uh, for um, a, a number of years, or had been for a number of years at that, at that point. And um, they were looking for some people to go to Buckingham Palace. There were thousands of people, I think, at this event, or about a thousand people, but they were looking for six people who'd been helped by the Prince's Trust to, to take tea, as they called it, to have their tea with Prince Charles um, in, in his his tent. And I was lucky enough to be one of those six people that were selected. And um, we got to have a good chat uh, and we you know, I performed some magic for him. Prince Charles is a very keen magician as well, actually. Oh. He absolutely loves magic. He's a member of the Magic Circle. I think there's a video um, on YouTube of him performing uh, the Cups and Balls. Oh, there, look, I'm going to go and look that up now. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned the strict code of the magic circle so can you be thrown out what 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 happens yeah you can be thrown out um it's probably the most common question that i get asked how how do i get started in magic mm-hmm. and are you a member of the magic circle um but yeah you can absolutely get thrown out it's not um you know some draconian society <laughs> um you know but but there's things that they like you to do you know they don't mind um, sharing secrets as long as it's done in the in the right way. Um, I'm I'm doing a uh, a magical math show at the moment on on YouTube and and Facebook, and each week um, I share a magic trick and teach the people how it's done. Um, in the way to try and further and promote magic, that's absolutely fine. If you were to just do a YouTube video um, revealing the secrets of something that you'd seen on Britain's Got Talent, then then that's not cool and, and rightly so you know and, and that's good and so the magic circle do a great job at, at promoting magic and uh, in in more normal times the headquarters is open in the west end of london and they they put on magic shows for for, for the public and stuff it's it's a great organization mm-hmm. something you said earlier actually you know about um you know performing your magic magic and and getting that feedback and kind of reinvesting in more magic and and your learning of your craft i so that so resonates with me because within my own business i i know for me whatever i earn from my clients goes directly back into learning more and resourcing myself so I can help more people. So I think definitely when you have a gift or you have um, some talent that you're using to benefit others and it, it's something that you believe passionately in and it, it's it's purposeful and it has so much meaning, you you don't think you don't think twice about it. That's just what you, you want to go out and do and do more of. Absolutely. Um as you know, I touched on it before i i always worry about telling that story about making money albeit five quid from us mm-hmm. from a small age but that was just the vehicle to get more knowledge mm-hmm. get more tricks meet more people learn more things you know the, the investment is in is in time um with what with what i do mm-hmm. with what we do um because for one trick that takes five minutes um to show people um there's 
in my case, is up to 25 years of, of practicing that same, that same trick now and, and constantly refining uh, and making that trick better. Um, you know, taking that trick to a new place, adding, adding a new face to the trick, making it cleaner, making it look good on virtual shows. You know, that there's a lifetime of experience behind what mm. people see at the very, at the very front of what, of what, what magicians do. Mm. So as a performer, then you've clearly been impacted more than most by this whole coronavirus <laughs> situation. So, yeah. you know, you mentioned you were running um, magical math shows. So how, how have you adapted? What are the kind of things that you're doing right now? And, and maybe you could just share with us so we can all tap into some of your talents. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't think it's um, possible to understate how much my industry has been affected by uh, by coronavirus, as a lot of industries have. And when I listen to your podcast, the previous podcast, I don't know if we mentioned in previous podcasts, but I listened to the, the Good Riddance one, and you were speaking about almost making peace with 2020 and and just looking at looking at the the good things and the, and the positives and that really resonated with me because when this first started i was like a lot of other magicians and you know entertainment people people in other industries as well quite shocked quite down quite worried disappointed you know having all my potential income for the year slashed in you know in one fell swoop and I, I think about where we are now, where where I am and where magicians are. And it was only obviously March and April where at one point I didn't want to answer the phone because if I answered the phone, I knew that was another gig or another series of gigs or events that were going to be, that were going to be canceled. Mm -hmm. And so that was quite a, a tough place for, for me who relies solely on performing to, you know, to, to live, you know, to mm. make a living and not doing anything else. Um, and, and then when I look where we are now, the rise of virtual shows for, for the industry and, and for me, um, having a good network that I'd built up over the last 10 years of being a profession meant that I could, um, really, tap into that um in a, in a virtual sense um i had clients getting in touch with me and saying can you do something virtually and that was a lovely lift to know that even in these times people still wanted to to use me and work together and off the back of that little momentum shift i could then put something together the first thing that i did was um what I called a magic masterclass where um, a corporate group just wanted a bit of a, a, a team energizer. Mm -hmm. And I jumped onto a zoom call and showed them some, some magic for, for 30 minutes and, and um, you know, taught them a couple of tricks um, that they could use to their friends and family. And then it, you know, burgeoned into virtual shows, uh, virtual shows for corporate groups, uh, for, for children. I've done brownies groups, scouts, uh, school PTAs, absolutely everything. And, and it actually has ended up being, being a real positive because I've probably performed for more people and certainly mm. reached more people than I would have done last year, which is quite amazing um, to me, really, given where we were a, f a few months ago. And the last thing I mentioned it um, before uh, that I've been doing is my my magical math show. So when we had lockdown 3.0 or whatever, people are calling this one and, and the homeschooling was coming in again, I thought I can combine magic and my love of maths because I absolutely love maths um, to just do a fun thing where um, parents can 
you know, tune in on, on Facebook and, uh, and let their children watch for half an hour. And it's a, it's a great combination of magic tricks and, uh, interesting maths things and stuff. And, and, th- and that's even built up in that, um, last week over a hundred schools showed it in class. So for their, wow. um, their children that are still in the, in the school setting, which, um, is anywhere between kind of 20 and 50% for mm. some, some classes and some schools, I, I reached out to a lot of schools that I'd performed at um, physically before and said, I've got this thing virtually. And, um, I put it on YouTube so that they could stream it into their, into their classes. So it really has been, you know, a, a amazing. Um, and to come full circle, um, to how I started, I made peace with 2020 and, and coronavirus and all of that in, in one package, because, you know, as much as it's upsetting, it, it's nobody's, nobody's fault. There's no blame to be, to be laid anywhere. So you can kind of, worry about it and get yourself down or you can just put your uh, your big pants on and get on with it and uh, and 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 solder on and and do do new things that I would have never even done before yeah and and you know this is also what I'm finding I'm meeting people farther than I ever would have had this situation not presented itself so for that I'm really I'm really blessed like here I am sitting talking to you interacting about about magic you know i wouldn't have thought to do that this time last year no way well thank you for doing so first no, of all i've, I've you know i know we're not done yet but i've really enjoyed it and i absolutely agree that you know necessity is the mother of invention as they say and and learning to learning he i probably didn't even know how to use zoom in march it's something that had kind of come around bef- before and people had you know one or two people had said can can you do zoom and i'd oh, i don't really know what what it what it is whereas now you know we we we've got streaming stuff and Yeah, it'll be be in the dictionary before long. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. They do, um, they do speed uh, speed awareness courses on Zoom now. Now, if that's not not the definition, if that's not the definition of irony, then I I don't know what is. (laughs) Oh, so you mentioned um, your Facebook accessing your magical maths through your Facebook. Is it your Facebook page? Yeah, What's yeah. Your let's, let's tell people about tell it because people, this is your yeah. Chance. No, thank you because we're trying to get it to as many uh, as many people as possible, and it's nice to see it uh, it growing. So um, yeah, if it goes to a wider audience, that's amazing. Yeah. So um, I have um, a couple of different uh, personas in magic. So I have a corporate one, which is uh, Darren Mack, and then I have uh, Dazzling Darren, which is what I use for families and children, certainly in schools, and that. And I keep that name because that's when I was five years old. That's what um, I think my dad would have uh, said, right, that's what you're going to be called. And it's and it's stuck. And so if you go to um, YouTube and search Dazzling Darren, um, you'll see my uh, channel come up or on Facebook. It's uh, Dazzling Darren Magic. And yeah, obviously with the algorithms on Facebook and YouTube, um, I'll probably just pop up at the top and uh, subscribe and like and the streams for the Magical Math Show are every Friday at 230 p.m um there's a, a pdf each week which goes with it which is on my um website and it's in the comments uh, below on on youtube and the previous episodes are up there online so if people have got half an hour during these next few weeks where they want to do something fun with the kids they can uh, download and print the pdf and and watch the show and uh, and yeah it's been uh, it's been going really well i'm really pleased with it brilliant and you know i can confirm listeners I'm sitting here on Zoom, Zooming with Darren, but he's appearing on my screen as Dazzling Darren. 
this is his persona today. <laughs> Brilliant. So you told us about that. Where can people find you, uh, you know, like your website and things? Just share with us that. Too. Yeah, no, absolutely. So my website is uh, www.darrenmacmagic.co.uk. And then on socials, I'm, I'm Darren MacMagic on Twitter, Darren MacMagic on uh, Instagram, uh, LinkedIn as well. All the, all the same, all, all Darren Mac magic. Um, I keep the two profiles different just because uh, a corporate sense and a, and a, a children's and a, a family sense. Um, I, in, in real life, I like to keep those separate just so people know absolutely what they are booking and what they're booking me for and stuff. Sure. Interestingly, um, on Zoom uh, and virtual shows, the two have, have come across a, a uh, 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 come together a little bit more in the um, corporate groups have booked me and I've just mentioned that I also have a family show and then they've rebooked later for uh, for a family show because you know people are looking for things to do where they can get the family together on the sofa and flick the laptop open and stuff so that's been a lovely little aside mm. as well I've been able to show more magic to people that I've performed for for a lot of years but in a in a different a different capacity and I very much get the sense talking to you that be it Dazzling Darren or Corporate Darren, you are Darren who loves his craft, is passionate about it and that so comes across and it's been such a pleasure talking to you and getting to know you a bit more and just about your journey. Thanks so much Thank for you. sharing. Thank you. It's been it's been amazing, and you're absolutely right. I I love magic, um, and I'm sure whatever happened, I would have found a way to carry on performing for people. But it's been nice to see that play out over the last few months. It it um it certainly added some resilience to to me as a person. We've all needed tons of it in these last few months, haven't we? But um, it gives me uh it gives me a real pleasure to see that it's gone well, and that if anything else happens in the future, we'll find a way of uh, of dealing with it. Brilliant. But we're not going to let you go without a little magic trick, are we? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do something. (laughs) Let's do something directly. um, Just just me and you. I want you to make um, a series of of choices. I've got a pack of cards here and they're not going to leave the screen um you can obviously uh, verify that for the for the listeners as we as we go along yeah. um but i want you to make choices that go into uh narrow down these cards from from 52 down to to one so the first choice where we could eliminate half of the cards is to choose the red cards or the black cards so which one would you like uh the black cards Perfect. And it's important here that everything you choose is the one that we say. So if you say you want the black cards, you're keeping the black cards. They're the ones that we're going to we're going to use. All mm-hmm. right. So we can break that down again into clubs and spades. Which one would you like? Clubs is coming into my head. So that's Perfect. It. Now, the third choice that I want you to make is spots or royals. So in the spots, you've got the ace through to 10. And then in the royals, you have the jack, the queen or the king. So do you want the spots or the royals? Uh, spots. Perfect. Now that choice has made it down to 10. So we've only got the ace through to 10 of clubs now. And your final choice is to pick one. So think of the ace, the two, the three, the four, the five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. And when you're happy, you can just choose one. Okay. Uh, the three of clubs. And the start of this uh, episode, I made a prediction and it's been in this pack of cards the whole time, which has been on the screen the whole time. Um all of these cards are face up apart from a single card, which I turned face down before we started, the card that I thought you would choose. And uh, I'll keep these nice and close to the screen. If we have a look through, you will see that they are all face up. Yeah. Apart from a single card that is face down, you should see that there. That's the 
only face. Yeah, I can see that. And you chose the three of clubs. This card is the three of clubs. Oh my word! How did you <laughs> there? Listen, how did that's really weird. <laughs> you are mind reading, Darren. How, how did? Wow. A little stuff. bit of everything there, a little bit of mind reading, a little bit of influence from what we've spoken about, a little bit of luck and uh, some sleight of hand as well. It combines everything, does that Does that trick. It's but, a good uh, good example of the kind of thing that I do. And I love the fact, Darren, that you, you made this trick all about choices. <laughs> I, 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 I picked up on that, but I was so engrossed in the magic itself. I was I was lost in amazement thinking how... How did he know? I, I even yeah. shut my eyes as we were doing this trick because I didn't you did. want you, you to did. see my yeah. face. But again, as I, as I said from the stuff before, um, I, I want to make my tricks about the the person that's 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 watching them and and enjoying them. Um, you know, th there's sure there's time for me just doing a little routine where it's all just me doing sleight of hand and flourishes and things like that. But I don't think they resonate as much as those kind of effects where you make the decisions uh you know and the magic happens in in your mind i'm speechless <laughs> dazzling darren that, that's all i can say wow brilliant i i am amazed right i'm gonna head off now to your uh youtube channel <laughs> watch you very closely and see what this is all about that would be amazing thank you very much brilliant thank you so much again darren and um for all our listeners, go and ha go and check Darren out. You'll be amazed. So life is one big magic show. It's a magic show that we can create. It's it can be entertaining. It's amazing. It's unbelievable. It's wondrous. But as we heard from Darren, it's artful. It takes hard work. It takes effort. A sense of commitment. And as, as Darren shared with us, it's that understanding of the human psyche that really enables us to fully experience it. So think about your week ahead and this idea of, and I'm going to say it again, authenticity. You know, are you authentically you? And when you're not, just ask yourself, who are you creating that illusion for? Thank you so much for listening to the Choices Podcast. I just can't believe that we've already done four weeks of recording and we're now into our second month of podcasting. Sounds like we're doing something right because the listening figures are on the up. If you haven't yet subscribed, please go ahead and do so. You'll get notified of when the next episode drops and don't forget to like and review. If you have a topic to that you'd like me to cover, let me know at choices at vividoutcomes.co.uk and if you want to hear about what I'm doing when I'm not podcasting then head over to my website vividoutcomes.co.uk till next week I'll catch you later